I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League. Presented by the Holy Grail and United Dairy Farms. The Reds are on the radio. The Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Bank's Tavern and Grill, KTM Food Group. Check out our new line of chef-crafted favorites available in stores now. JTM, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation. Where there's help, there's hope. And by Norcom. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by Home of Free Lifetime Powertrain Protection and Guaranteed Credit Approval from our family to your family for life. Visit KelseyShev.com. RL Carriers with immediate job openings nationwide. Visit careers.rlc.com. And by United Dairy Farmers. UDF now makes over 20 fresh bakery items with daily delivery to your UDF store. The Reds are on the radio. Now the Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network on 700 WLW. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League with Jim Day and Tommy Thrall. Uh, we've got a lot to get to on this edition of the Reds Hot Stove League. I'm laughing because Jim's just being a goofball sitting here across from me, per usual. Uh, Sean Pender, the Reds Vice President of Player Development, will be on with us today. Also, former Reds broadcaster George Grand coming up as well. So a lot to get to today. Jimmy, how are you? Fantastic. Your mic's not on. Now it's on. Let's try it again. Well, you know, I'm not in charge of such things. I'm doing well. Good. I'm glad you're doing very, very well. Trying to good. You're getting ready to uh, head out uh, southwest. I am going to Arizona. Oh, the sunshine on Monday. There was sunshine today. Sunshine yesterday. That's true. I'm going to the sunshine and warmer temperatures. A little bit different out that way. Yeah. Uh, you'll be. Uh, what can we look for from you while you're out there? Well, we're uh, the Reds are. will be starting a, a minor leaguers. Uh, you know the the advanced minor leaguers. We'll say um, uh, next week. So we're going to focus on those minor league players. And the Reds have a lot of good players now in the minor league system. So we're going to start promoting those players. We're going to do so on social media and the like. So I will be out there doing that. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing those reports and hearing your uh, some of your reports as well. We will be uh, we'll we'll be checking in with you on this show. Indeed, there. there's no doubt. Yes, uh, as we have been doing throughout the lockout, trying to give you some updates when we have them available. Uh, you can check them out as well. MLB.com/slash/update. Last week, the owners proposed bringing in an impartial federal mediator. The players nixed that on Friday. And, of course, as you know, pitchers and catchers were originally scheduled to report next week. And uh, we will see what transpires over the next week if that can happen. Uh, We will uh, update you as we have more updates available. Right now, not a whole lot else to update with regards to the negotiations. So with that, as Jim was talking about, there will be kind of a mini camp of sorts uh, with some of the Reds prospects and high-end, high-level minor leaguers. Here to talk with us about that is Sean Pender, the Reds' Vice President of Player Development. Sean, how are you? I am very well and happy to be uh, with you both. Are you going to be sharing a seat out to Arizona uh, on the plane out that way next week with Jim? (laughs) 
I will. I will not. I'm going a little earlier. Oh, I'm going to get things ready. Getting re- things ready for him on the. Poor people I go early. Saturday. I mean, you're going Monday. <laughs> when are you going? When did you say? I'm going this Saturday. Oh, Saturday. There you go. Couldn't get on that so, flight. Yeah, just. Yeah, just three days before the big boss coming in. Jimmy's <laughs> coming in, so got to get got to get things ready. Well, talk about that. Uh, this system has obviously taken huge steps over the uh, last few years. Uh, you look at where Baseball America ranked them just two years ago. Uh, they were 29 out of 30 teams in 2020 in their preseason rankings, up to 18 uh, before last season, a big step in the right direction, all the way up to number seven. Now, I know uh, coming into this season, up to number seven out of the 30 major league teams, and, and I know we've talked about this some, but but what was the big focus when you kind of took the role that you're in now? What did you want to see change in the Reds minor league system? And, and then what are some things that, that still that you look at and think, all right, we've made some progress, but this is where we still need to button some things up? Yeah, I mean, Listen, we uh, we had a really good farm system before I, you know, became involved in this role. So there wasn't a lot to change. I just think there was an evolution that was going on in the game that I was asked to help accelerate, and that is kind of the management of what we'll call the traditional um, old-school, hard-nosed baseball that we've grown to love and understand over the years. And I'd like to think I'm from that generation. Um, with now how baseball has been modernized with the use of analytics and data-driven, you know, impactful um, information to help players improve their individual skills. And, and we just try to marry, uh, you know, marry those too quickly. This minor league camp, back in uh, 2020 when you had the alternate site, there were some players that really, really took advantage of that situation. Uh, the way the situation is now – uh, that there's still a lockout. This is quite the opportunity for some players to open some eyes, is it not? Absolutely. And it's interesting that you bring up that topic because it's a very good comparison. And we, we learned some great lessons from being at Prasco um, about how to develop players in that environment, which was a lot like instructional league. But again, different in the sense that you had a lot of veteran players there, combination of veteran players and, and really young prospects. Um, so it, it was great then, and we hope to keep some of those lessons going when we go into our early camp with our group coming in here uh, this Saturday. Yeah, what were some of the differences? Uh, you talk about that was a great experience. You learned a lot from that. How did that differ than maybe an, an ordinary uh, minor league spring training or minor league camp? I think there was just a lot more individualized time um, because we were limited due to COVID. Um, you only were allowed to have a certain number at your complex, uh, and your complex had to be near enough, you know, to your stadium. So that's why we're at Prasco. Um, and um, the other way that it, it, I mean, really, in a lot of ways, it's different simply because we get to spend more time with the player um, in that environment. When, when you had limited numbers, when we go to instructional league or even this early camp, we'll have close to 60 players in the early camp and about 175 uh, when regular spring training begins. You also will have some non-roster invitees, I believe, at this early camp. Now, these non-roster invitees are some of the guys that have some big league experience um, and guys that we've seen over the years that legitimately have a shot to make the big league club. That has to be an advantage for them as well, and I'm sure you're you're, uh, eager to to look at some of these guys, and they'll have a leg up as well when when they do settle the, the CBA. 
Yes, I mean, we're excited to have this group. It's a great group. Um, obviously, we have a lot of interest in them and how they can potentially help, you know, the Major League Club. Um, and I do think they'll have an advantage just in the sense that they'll already be working out, playing inter-squad games, competing, uh, doing some things to get ready for the season. So they'll certainly be, you know, physically prepared. And listen, um, it's another thing that we learned from Prasco that I'm excited about. And that's having some of those older players, experienced major leaguers, with you know uh, playing time in the big leagues coming and working with some of our youngest prospects uh and being around them uh it's just a great example for these young kids to learn and hopefully it'll help accelerate their advancement this year in our system uh, are there going to be any other teams that are going to be doing things like this where maybe you can schedule some some games some some minor league exhibitions against some other teams you know, we haven't really gotten to that point. We have a great schedule set up for our traditional minor league spring training, which starts on March the 1st, and our first game will be the 17th. We're playing the Indians. But as far as those early report uh, guys, we don't have anything scheduled. Um, we're obviously hopeful that this all will be resolved, and, and these young guys that are in waiting will be ready to help start a uh, traditional spring training with our big league club. Um, so no, we don't have any games scheduled, but I do know that – Every club, at least um, in Arizona, is doing this, starting at different dates potentially. But they'll all have a group out there early in hopes that uh, Major League Spring Training starts. I know you're excited about this entire list, and I'm sitting here looking at the list. Uh, are there guys that particularly that you're like, you know what, I, I can't wait to see them in this situation, the situation that we just laid out. Are, are there some names that immediately come to mind? Well, I tend to gravitate towards our youngest guys, um, and I think a lot of that is it's so much fun to come back from uh, off season and and see how big they've gotten, like how much stronger, how much more they look like men. We get them; they're kids. Some of them don't even check, right? And you see them come back after six, eight months, or four or five months, whatever it may be, and you just recognize, my gosh, how big they got, or how strong, and how and how they look so different. Um, so it's exciting. But two that would jump out to me, I'm really looking forward to seeing Jackson Miller. Um, Jackson's been hurt, uh, actually had COVID twice in the last two years. So he's had a rough go of it, but I'm really excited to get him back and healthy. And Ellie Dela Cruz, just because he had such a great first year. Um, and, and players of that ilk, I think, are probably what I'm, I'm most excited about. Yerlin Confidon. Uh, another one of our players from our Latin program that I'm excited to see what he looks like. So there's quite a few. Well, we're going to ask you about some of those guys in a little bit more detail if you have time to stick around for uh, another segment with us here. Absolutely. All right. We will continue with Sean Pender, Reds Vice President of Player Development, as the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF, continues next on the Reds Radio Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Continuing on the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. The Reds 
And World Series champion Eric Davis have launched a campaign to encourage youth baseball and softball participation in recreational leagues across greater Cincinnati and Reds country. The Reds and Reds Community Fund will work to connect parents to local teams in time for the spring and summer baseball and softball leagues. For additional information, visit Reds.com slash sign up. Continuing with Reds Vice President of Player Development, Sean Pender. And, Sean, we said we were going to talk about... uh, some of these guys that you mentioned and a few others, um, you mentioned one name that really kind of jumped out, Jackson Miller, uh, as a guy that you're really excited to see what he looks like coming into this mini camp. Uh, what, what can you tell us about him and what, what kind of excites you about him? Well, I got a chance to see him play, I think it was two games last year um, before you know he, he got sick again. And I mean to tell you, he really swung the bat. Um, very athletic kid behind the plate, soft hands, good arm. Um, there, there's just a lot of upside to him. And unfortunately, he hasn't been able to play um, for the last two seasons. So we're really hopeful of getting him back at 100% and seeing what we have. But what I've seen early is really exciting. At the top of the food chain, if you will, the system, um, Nick Lodolo uh, is a guy that I, I know a lot of people already know the name. And are looking for big things for now. He, his, his health uh, at the end of last year was in question. Uh, what have you heard about where he is right now, and how much are you looking forward to see this big lefty throw the ball? Well, I was fortunate. I was out at uh, organizational meetings that we had a week ago uh, in Arizona, and I saw him, and he looks tremendous. I watched him work out, watched him throw a little bit on the side. Um, he's he's doing great. The injury, I think, is well behind him. It was a, just a minimal strain, um, nothing for any of us to be overly concerned with, but obviously we wanted to be cautious. And um, so I, I'm, I'm really excited, and I think we should fully expect that if everything goes the way we think it will, he'll be full go um, You know, once we leave for spring training. Where would you, where, where do you kind of feel like he fits in right now as far as the, the, the organizational depth chart? I talked to some scouts last year that, that felt like he was, he was very, very close to being big league ready even last season. Where, where do you kind of see him and his progress right now? Yeah, I certainly think he, sh- he showed flashes of it last year. And, and if you really consider where he was and the difficulty that COVID caused for uh, every prospect in baseball, I think he's in a really good place. For me, I don't, I don't think there's any question that if Nick continues to progress and do what he's done you know, for us thus far, he, he should absolutely have an opportunity to help the Major League Club at some point in time this season. Graham Ashcraft is a guy that uh, big arm. Uh, Noah's had some injuries along the way. Uh, will also be a guy out there. Where Where is he sitting right now? Yeah, he's an exciting kid, too. That's what I mean. I have a great job right now because there's yeah. so many positives to talk about with these kids. Uh, Grand man, big, strong, physical, power arm, plus, plus breaking pitch. I mean, it's, it's a power breaking ball. And aggressive kid. Um, I mean, the beauty of Graham is, you know, we've used him as a starter. I think he can start. I also think he can relieve. And I think, um, you know, his aggressiveness and his ability to miss bats with power stuff really gives him a chance to be someone else that should really be in a position to help us this year, either as a starter or a bullpen piece. 
Matt McLean was a uh, first-rounder. Uh, he, he seems to be getting a lot of love, regardless of whose prospect rankings you look at. Uh, how do you feel about him and his progress? This is a college kid, so uh, is he kind of maybe a, ahead of some other guys in that draft class? Well, he's got great maturity, and he's got a great mind for the game, and that goes without you know, that's just in addition to the tools and the competitiveness we've seen in him. So, yes, he's advanced. He's advanced because he's got great uh, skills, but he's also advanced because he's got that just that maturity, swagger, understands uh, where he's at and what his business is all about. So, yeah, he's another one. Like, I don't think he's a major league um, piece this year, but you know what? Um, he's a lot like Jonathan India in the sense that I think he's going to get better and better quickly and be ready to help shortly. It seems like there's a lot of shortstops right now uh, th- that are pretty advanced in this organization. Is that a position of depth in the organization right now? Or, it, it, you know, it seemed like there for a while everybody was stockpiling pitchers. Uh, and, and then and then it seemed a little bit more like bats were were pretty in vogue as far as what teams are really trying to load up on across the minor leagues are, are athletic guys that can play short uh and and maybe have some some uh, abilities at the plate i mean is that is that kind of the trend right now or is that just a good situation the reds are in no i think we're very fortunate we are in a very good situation it gets a little hard my job to find at bats and innings for all these these really uh, um, attractive shortstops that have great ability. Um, but we are. We're very blessed. And, look, I'm an old scout, so one thing about it is, you know, your shortstops are typically guys that have athleticism, plus arms, uh, you know, um, athletes, guys that can run, that can do some things that, you know, you don't get in other positions, and so you can move them around uh, and play them in other positions if they have enough bat, and we're fortunate that every one of the shortstops that we have, we certainly feel has major league offensive capabilities. There's another name that's been floating around here that uh, has, of late at least, flown under the radar. Now, in the past, he certainly wasn't flying under the radar. Former first-round pick Nick Howard, who just hit a brick wall in the minor leagues and was out of the game, is all of a sudden making a comeback where does he stand right now? And that would be an incredible story for him. Yeah, it really would. A story of perseverance and guts, and he has certainly shown us that over the years. Um, you know, Nick's going to go back to AAA and show us what he can do. That's where he ended last year. He had a tremendous year, um, saw a, a, a lot more confidence, a, a better finish to his pitches, commanding the ball to both sides. Um and I just think he's starting to understand that he's very, very capable of reclaiming, uh, you know, a great opportunity to be a big leaguer. And we're certainly happy to have him back. That's why we signed him. And he'll be working out of the Louisville bullpen um, probably late in games like he did last year. Uh, more of a generic question, I guess. It seems like a lot of uh, those that evaluate drafts are really high on, on last year's Reds drafts, uh, draft picks. Is it still too early to really have a good feel for that draft class, or are, were you were you seeing some good progress in the experience that those guys got in the minor leagues last year to start to really feel good about those guys? Well, I will say that since I've been in this position, we've been very, very fortunate. I think we've had some great drafts. I would say last year's draft was particularly good um, because they all these kids went out and played really well. So, uh, yeah, I think... I think what we're going to see this year is a lot to be excited with with that young group. 
um, in in the 2021 draft. Well, Sean, certainly appreciate the time. Thanks so much, and uh, enjoy the sunshine with Jimmy out there. I will. Take care. I look forward to seeing you all sometime down the road. All, all right, right, Sean. Thank you. Hopefully we'll see you soon. Right, that is night. Sean Pinder, Reds Vice President of Player Development. We continue with more on the Reds Hot Stove League with former Reds broadcaster George Grand next on the Reds Radio Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Got a little tropical vibe to it. Yeah. I'm all in on that. Welcome back to another Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. The Reds are offering Valentine's Day gift ideas for fans of all ages, including ticket patch packages for post-game concerts and discounts on the Reds Heads and Reds Rookies membership. Check out the deals now at reds.com slash valentines. A guy that could probably read that better than both of us is joining us now. His name is George Grand, former Reds broadcaster. George, how are you living these days? Hey, Tommy. Hey, J.D., how you doing? Hey, I just got off the phone with John Pender. What the heck did you guys do to him? He, he's, he's asking me about... What is Jim like in his coffee? What does he like for breakfast? <laughs> does he want Does he want the Lamborghini when he gets in there for the the rental car? JD, what'd you do to him? Well, you know, we have to make me feel comfortable, George. <laughs> you, I am the you arm. Deserve it, JD. I'm the arm to the public. So you, you deserve it, buddy. You, <laughs> you got to grease that arm. You know what I mean? If he doesn't, I'll tell you this right now. If he doesn't have a Ferrari waiting for him, running when he lands. In Arizona, he is going there, to be hot. There will be no Ferrari. It will be <laughs> I mean, a regular rental car. I am easy going. He's very particular oh, about out, the eggs in the morning, too. And J- J.D., you've been, you've been out there. J.D.'s going to land his plane at the airport that's right next to the complex there, right? Well, I made him make my uh, runway for just me, yes. So I think that they're just completing construction on that right now. Does your plane have your name real big across the side of it? Uh, it used to, and I'm incognito. Okay. It's too much attention drawn. <laughs> Red Baron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, George, you sound great. What? What? How are you passing the time these days? Uh, just uh, you know, uh, watching uh, the players and the owners shoot themselves in the foot, and uh, you know, bemoaning that. But uh, I'm doing a lot of work with USA Baseball. Uh, we've got a great organization. You know, between the Olympics and the WBC, and all our, you know, we're working on the Golden Spikes right now, and. Next week, we break ground on our new facility in North Carolina, which will be ready in a couple of years. Um, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's enjoyable, and um, I still do some work with the Hall of Fame and uh, still try to, you know, it, it's funny. There's so many people that are, unfortunately, are not in the game anymore that um, are unhappy they're not in the game, um, and, and they're finding things to do, um, you know, you know, you talk about the analytics of the game today, and we've lost so many good old-time baseball people, but those people are, are finding a way to stay connected to the game in different ways. We've got a lot of them 
with USA Baseball. So um, it's it's a lot of fun. Great group of people, and heck, we've uh, you know Brian Price was our pitching coach. We had the um, you know for for our USA Baseball team last year, and uh, we've got a bunch of Reds people that have been involved over the years, and uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of good people. I have never been around someone, and we were around each other many, many years, George, that is so connected to so many people in and out of baseball, but particularly in baseball. You were a guy that, I I mean, you would spend hours a day just talking on the phone. Hey, I talked to such and such yesterday, and I was always just blown away by it. I bet you still do that. How much time do you spend texting, corresponding with, I'm not just talking about normal people. We're talking about big name people. How often do you still do that? But it's the normal people that are the ones, you know, I, Dusty called me last night. We had a, a great discussion about his son, um, you know, and where he might be going. looks like he's going to Delaware um, uh, for his minor league season this year. Dick Pole, I talked to him this past week, too. It's not, you know, J.D., you and I have talked about it a lot. Uh, the key to this game are the people of the game. The joys of the game are the people of the game and the fans of the game. And those are the people that, I mean, almost every day I'm talking to somebody who's either a, a former player or a former coach or former manager. Um, and that's the joy. It's, you know, and, and I think it's, it's so wonderful when you think back on your career uh, and remember, it's not so much the moments, but it's the people that you get to associate with. I mean, I, I you know, people say, do you miss, you know, the game. And I, I can honestly say, I don't, you know, I don't miss the the three hours or four hours of the game as much as I miss, you know, sitting with, uh, you know, Bernie Stowe and Joe Nuxall in the dugout before the game starts, or, you know, sitting in the coach's room with, you know, with Billy Hatcher or Mark Berry or Tommy Hume and Don Gullett. And, you know, going back to, you know, the old days, even, you know, the, when, you know, you grew up and you were around the, the old-time players, too, uh, you know, uh, and just being in the booth, you know, being with you and Chris Welsh and, you know, uh, Jesse Jackson and Dickie Moss and uh, Strick up in the up in the, the TV booth, uh, you know, that's what, what really you enjoy the most, and that's what this game is all about. It's about people and the relationships you, that you have and, uh, as you go along, I think you treasure those relationships uh, so so much. And you know, I, I talk to, to heck almost once a week. I'll talk to Larry Herms and, um, and Jamie Ramsey. Uh, Hermsy, of course, a great Bengals fan. And you know, we didn't talk baseball the last two or three times we talked. We talked Bengals. And by the way, JD, I did see you when I was watching the rally last night. I saw you uh, shirtless, painted orange <laughs> in the stands. It was. <laughs> I was you looking took good. Off a little weight. You look good, though. You I look have lost some good. LBs. I was looking good. I'm still trying to tone it up a little bit. But yeah, yeah, it was cold too. I, it was I, cold. Press. Yep. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And by the way, as we sit here and Jim's talking about all the people that are in your phone that you talk to on a regular basis, <laughs> one of the most bush league moves just happened in this studio. First of all, Jim's phone rang with the ringer on in a radio studio move, yes. as a broadcaster. Come on, clean it up. But not only did the phone ring. It lit up with Kirk Herbstreet's name. So as Jim's giving you a hard time about all the people that you talk to on a daily basis, he's got Kirk Herbstreet calling him right now. Uh, you know, Herb yeah, is a no, no, great no, Reds no. fan. You know what happened? You know what happened? He called Herbie this afternoon and said, call me at 645. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, you know what? You know Jim well enough to know that that is probably very accurate. Herbie, if you're listening, I'll call you back, brother, when this is over. 
Gosh, big timer. <laughs> hey, you know, he's a, he's done such a great job. We're all so proud of him. But, boy, he's not a bigger Reds fan than oh, him. Oh, die How hard. About that, huh? Die man. hard, man. Die hard. <laughs> George, a lot to get to with you. Uh, we got to get to a break. More with George Grand coming up next. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League, continuing our conversation with George Grant. It's going to be gone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, my. Hey, uh, can't, can't, go ahead. I was going to say, can't wait to, to hear you back on the air, J.D., you too, Tommy. Uh, hopefully uh, it'll be sooner rather than later, but uh, these guys are certainly having a difficult time just talking to each other, aren't they? Oh, boy. Well, I tell you what, uh, I can assure you that we are both very eager to get back on the air. They need George Grant in the room. There you go. Spread some goodness. Were you called yeah, to be you... the independent arbiter? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's sad because they could settle this in two days if they sat down and they, they trusted in each other and they believed in each other, but there's very little communication and very little uh, mutual respect right now, and that's uh, I think that's the biggest stumbling block. It's not money. They can find a way to, to bridge these gaps. Um, they're doable. I mean, there's nothing that's that's not a, a, able to be accomplished. Uh, they just got to sit down and get it done. As Jim mentioned, you're very well connected. You've done so much in the game in your career. I mean, we'll get into the ESPN stuff. You, you, you got into broadcasting, baseball broadcasting, really back in – uh, you started your broadcasting back in college there at USC, but you broke into the big leagues as a broadcast with the Yankees, worked with the Cardinals. You, you mentioned you still do stuff with the Hall of Fame. You emceed that ceremony for 31 years. Is there something that you're the most proud of when you look back on your career? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe, you know, like like we were just kind of kidding around, but... I mean, I'm sure you did, You have done a lot of things behind the scenes that people may not be aware of. Is there something that maybe you're most proud of uh, in, in your time in the game? Uh, I'm, I'm not proud, grateful, grateful for the people. You know, um, in fact, we had a discussion. I had a discussion with somebody the other day because I know the Players Association has been um, trying to get less and less access uh, for the media to the players, and I think that's sad because I know in my career, I mean, I grew up, you know, I spent a lot of time at spring training in the clubhouse, you know, around the, the locker rooms <clears throat> with players. And many of those players became lifelong fans. You know, people say, who are your favorite players? I mean, you guys had Casey on. I mean, nobody, nobody's better than the mayor. But, you know, I, I, you, for us with the Reds, you know, Aaron Boone, Jay Bruce, Zach Cozart, uh, Sullivan, Dunn, Larkin, you know, Hal Morris, Austin Kearns, go down the list of the guys that, that we had that came through, you know, when I was with the Reds uh, as a broadcaster, and all of them have become, you know, lifelong friends and their families, you know, their wives, their kids. Uh, and for me, that, 
that's the joy of what we do. It's same thing for the Hall of Fame. I mean, it, it wasn't just being able to to be there when Tony Perez got into the Hall of Fame, but it's it's getting to know Patuka and, and Eduardo and and the whole family, and you go down the list of everybody. It, it's the relationships that that this game has given me, and I think if you open your eyes, any of us that are part of it, you open your eyes to very special people that hopefully they touch you and you touch them. And those become relationships. You know, Dusty and I, we were talking last night. I didn't even know it. Um, his mom passed away last week. Yeah. Um, and, and we spent a lot of time just talking about that. And I'll never forget JD. You remember this. I remember being in San Francisco when Dusty came back for the first time and I'm in the, I'm by the edge of the dugout and we, we did one game. We didn't do another game and they, Dusty came back for the first time. They gave him a standing ovation, and I was standing next to Dusty's dad, Johnny B. Baker Sr., and watched the tears in his eyes um, as they gave Dusty a standing ovation. And that, I mean, that's what it's about. You know, it's about relationships. Um, you know, whether it's, you go through the tough times, you go through the great times, and when you add it all up, you have something special that's inside of you that you take with you wherever you go. And I think that. That's what um, I think. That's what life's all about, and I think we're we're all pretty fortunate to to come across the people we come across, um, uh, and and they're all a part of us forever. Um, so yeah, I, you know, you can talk about great moments of games and great games you were part of or whatever, but for me, it's the it's the people and the relationships. That's the most important thing. And sometimes there are people you have to put up with, like this snot-nosed youngster that came along in, like, 2000 and thought he knew everything. That would be me, George. And you helped mold that young guy that had a dude. Uh, and I, I appreciate it. I thank you for it. Hey, there's nobody I'm more proud of, you know, that I've worked with over the years to watch grow, mature as a person, to, to, to watch get married. Still trying to get there. Family. You know, that's... To me, that's that's the joy of it, and you know, and be proud when I, you know, I sit home and you know, Joanna and I would sit here watching a game, and and Joanna would look at, hey, look at Jim, he look, he look at him, man, he look at what he's doing, you know, and, and we both took joy in 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 the growth that you've shown and all the great things you've accomplished. Um, that's true, and you know, uh, it, it's great to see people get the opportunity. Tommy, you know as well as I do. Um, you know, I have so many close friends that are minor league broadcasters that are major league quality. And, you know, I talk to them on a regular basis and they say, you know, am I going to get my chance? And I tell them all the same thing, that you don't have to be a major league broadcaster to be a major league broadcaster. You are a major league quality broadcaster, even though you may be a double A AA or triple A. It's unfortunate that there's only a, you know, a handful of jobs that, you know, they're not enough jobs for everybody, but, I'm so uh, so enamored with as I listen, you know, on, on MLB radio to a lot of the the young people and even veteran people that have been doing it, you know, uh, for years. Um, you know, Howard Kelman. Uh, there's nobody better that's done it for so many years, and you know that that is still doing it because he loves the game. Um, so it, it's great to to be a part of a profession where I think we have better broadcasters now than we've ever had in the profession because they care about the game and they, they really devote themselves 100% to it. So there are a lot of major league broadcasters out there. They don't all have to be in a major league ballpark. That's a great point. Now, when you were playing baseball at USC, did, did, did you know broadcasting was the way you were going to go? And, and who are some of the guys that you admired when you were 
younger, or, or were you kind of chasing the dream and, and maybe wanted to play one day? Oh, yeah, I went to USC because I wanted to play Major League Baseball, but I found out pretty fast that uh, <laughs> the, the game's a, a lot better than, uh, than than many of us. And uh, I realized my freshman year, we used to play an exhibition game with Dodgers, and Rod Dato, my coach, we were at Dodgers Stadium, and he whistled for me to come in from shortstop. He's standing behind the the, uh, the batting cage at Dodger Stadium next to Vin Scully. He said, Vin, this young man's interested in broadcasting. And, and Vin said, well, give me a call. And and I did. And for four years, while I played baseball at SC, I was a gopher for Vin Scully and Jerry Doggett. Uh, they were doing the Dodger games at that time. He became, just as Rod Dato did, he became a mentor for me, not just as a broadcaster, but as a person, nobody's ever done the game better than Vin Scully, but even more importantly, there's not a better person than Vin uh, for the way he's carried himself, the way he's gone through, you know, personal tragedies in his life and still kept going and, and been such a, a, a warm person for the game and a warm person for those that have been around him. So, um, you know, I, I turned the page when I realized that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life in the minor leagues and, uh, <laughs> Uh, we've been pretty fortunate along the road, that's yeah. for sure. But but Vin was a key. No better tutor in this business than Vin Scully. Well, George, we are unfortunately out of time. Uh, we've got to do this again real soon. Always a treat to chat with you. Thanks for coming on. Sure. I hope you guys uh, are at the ballpark soon. We look, at the ballpark, guys. Absolutely. Love you. See you, J.D. All right. George Grand, longtime Reds broadcaster, joining us. We wrap up the hot stove next on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League. Time to wrap things up. The Reds Hall of Fame and Museum has opened a new exhibit, Los Rojos, a celebration of Latino impact on the Reds and Major League Baseball. It's presented by Dinsmore. Fans can explore this uh, imprint made by the many Latino stars who have etched their names in baseball history with the Reds and other Major League teams. Visit redsmuseum.org to plan your next visit. Always a treat to talk to George Grand and Sean I love that man. Oh, he's wonderful. Big thanks to those two for joining us. Also, thanks to Matt Steinman. We'll catch you next week. Jimmy from sunny Arizona might be checking in. I'm Tommy Thrall for Jim Day. So long. Catch you next week.